0: Section 9. An Inquiry into the Causes of the Late Increase of Robbers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. An Inquiry into the Causes of the Late Increase of Robbers by Henry Fielding. Section 9. Of the Trial and Conviction of Felons but if notwithstanding all the rubs which we have seen to lie in the way the indictment is found and the thief brought to his trial still he hath sufficient hopes of escaping either from the caution of the prosecutor's evidence or from the hardiness of his own in street robberies the difficulty of convicting a criminal is extremely great the method of discovering these is generally by means of one of the gang who being taken up perhaps for some other offence and thinking himself in danger of punishment chooses to make his peace at the expense of his companions but when by means of this information you are made acquainted with the whole gang and have with great trouble and often with great danger apprehended them how are you to bring them to justice? for though the evidence of the accomplice be ever so positive and explicit nay even so connected and probable still unless it be corroborated by some other evidence it is not sufficient now how is this corroborating evidence to be obtained in this case street robberies are generally committed in the dark the persons on whom they are committed are often in chairs and coaches and if on foot the attack is usually begun by knocking the party down and for the time depriving him of his senses but if the thief should be less barbarous he is seldom so incautious as to omit taking every method to prevent his being known by flapping the party's hat over his face and by every other method which he can invent to avoid discovery but indeed any such methods are hardly necessary for when we consider the circumstance of darkness mentioned before the extreme hurry of the action and the terror and consternation in which most persons are in at such a time how shall we imagine it possible that they should afterwards be able with any the least degree of certainty to swear to the identity of the thief whose continence is perhaps not a little altered by his subsequent situation and who takes care as much as possible he can, by every alteration of dress and otherwise, to disguise himself. And if the evidence of the accomplice be so unlikely to be confirmed by the oath of the prosecutor, what other means of confirmation can be found? For as to his character, if he himself doth not call witnesses to support it, which in this instance is not incumbent on him to do, you are not at liberty to impeach it, the greatest and most known villain in England, standing at the bar, equally rectus ecuria with a man of highest estimation, if they should both be accused of the same crime, unless therefore the robbers should be so unfortunate as to be apprehended in the fact, a circumstance which their numbers, arms etc renders ordinarily impossible, no such corroboration can possibly be had but the evidence of the accomplice standing alone and unsupported the villain contrary to the opinion and almost direct knowledge of all present is triumphantly acquitted laughs at the court scorns the law vows revenge against his prosecutors and returns to his trade with a great increase of confidence and commonly of cruelty in a matter, therefore of so much concern to the public, I shall be forgiven if I venture to offer my sentiments. The words of my Lord Hale are these. Though a partisapes criminis be admissible as a witness in law, yet the credibility of his testimony is to be left to the jury and truly it would be hard to take away the life of any person upon such a witness that swears to save his own and yet Confesseth himself guilty of so great a crime unless there be also very considerable Circumstances which may give the greater credit to what he swears Here I must observe that this great man seems rather to complain of the hardship of the law in taking away the life of a criminal on the testimony of an accomplice than to deny that the law was so This indeed he could not well do for not only the case of an approver as he himself seems to acknowledge but many later resolutions would have contradicted that opinion Secondly he allows that the credibility of his testimony is to be left to the jury and so is the credibility of all other testimonies They are absolute judges of the fact and God forbid that they should in all cases be tied down by positive evidence against the prisoner Though it was not delivered by an accomplice But surely if the evidence of an accomplice be not sufficient to put the prisoner on his defense But the jury are directed to acquit him though. He can produce no evidence on his behalf either to prove an alibi or to his character the credibility of such testimony cannot well be said to be left to a jury this is virtually to reject the competency of the witness for to say the law allows him to be sworn and yet gives no weight to his evidence is i apprehend a mere play of words and conveys no idea in the third place this great man asserts the hardship of such conviction Now, if the evidence of a supposed accomplice should convict a man of fair and honest character it would i confess be hard and it is a hardship of which i believe no experience can produce any instance but if on the other hand the testimony of an accomplice with every circumstance of probability attending it against a vagabond of the vilest character and who can produce no single person to his reputation Is to be absolutely rejected because there is no positive proof to support it this i think is in the highest degree hard i think i have proved how hard to the society i shall not enter here into a disquisition concerning the nature of evidence in general this being much too large a field nor shall i examine the utility of those rules which our law prescribes on this head Some of these rules might perhaps be opened a little wider than they are without either mischief or inconvenience And I am the bolder in the assertion as I know a very learned judge who concurs with this opinion There is no branch of the law more bulky more full of confusion and contradiction I had almost said of absurdity than the law of evidence as it now stands one rule of this law is that no man interested shall be sworn as a witness by this is meant pecuniary interest but are mankind governed by no other passion than avarice is not revenge the sweetest morsel as a divine calls it which the devil ever dropped into the mouth of a sinner are not pride hatred and the other passions as powerful tyrants in the mind of man and is not the interest which these passions propose to themselves by the enjoyment of their object as prevalent a motive to evil as the hope of any pecuniary interest whatever but to keep more closely to the point Why shall not any credit be given to the evidence of an accomplice? My lord hale tells us that he hath been guilty of a great crime and yet If he had been convicted and burnt in the hand all the authorities tell us that his credit had been restored a more miraculous power of fire than any which the royal society can produce the same happens if he be pardoned again says lord hale he swears to save his own life this is not altogether so for when once a felon hath impeached his companions and is admitted an evidence against them Whatever be the fate of his evidence the impeacher always goes free To this it is true. He hath no positive title No more hath he if a single felon be convicted on his oath But the practice is as I mentioned and I do not remember any instance to the contrary But what inducement hath the accomplice to perjure himself or what reason can be assigned? Why he should be suspected of it That he himself was one of the robbers appears to a demonstration that he had accomplices in the robbery is as certain Why then should he be induced to impeach a and B? Who are innocent and not C and D who are guilty? Must he not think that he hath a better chance of convicting the guilty than the innocent? Is he not liable if he gives a false information to be detected in it? one of his companions may be discovered and give a true information what will then become of him and his evidence and why should he do this from a motive of friendship do the worst of men carry this passion so much higher than is common with the best but he must not only run the risk of his life but of his soul too the very mention of this latter risk may appear ridiculous when it is considered of what sort of persons i am talking but even these persons can scarce be thought so very void of understanding as to lose their souls for nothing and to commit the horrid sins of perjury and murder without any temptation or prospect of interest nay even against their interest such characters are not to be found in history nor do they exist anywhere but in distempered brains and are always rejected as monsters when they are produced in works of fiction for surely we spoil the verse rather than the sense by saying nemo gratis fuit terpissimus under such circumstances and under the caution of a good judge and the tenderness of an english jury it will be the highest improbability that any man should be wrongly convicted and utterly impossible to convict an honest man for i intend no more than that such evidence shall put the prisoner on his defence and oblige him either to controvert the fact by proving an alibi or by some other circumstance or to produce some reputable person to his character and this brings me to consider the second fortress of the criminal in the hardiness of his own evidence the usual defence of a thief especially at the old bailey is an alibi to prove this by perjury is a common act of newgate friendship and therefore seldom is any difficulty in procuring such witnesses i remember a felon within this twelvemonth to have been proved to be in ireland at the time when the robbery was sworn to have been done in london and acquitted but he was scarce gone from the bar when the witness was himself arrested for a robbery committed in london at that very time when he swore both he and his friend were in dublin for which robbery i think he was tried and executed this kind of defense was in a great measure defeated by the late baron thompson when he was recorder of london whose memory deserves great honor for the services he did the public in that post these witnesses should always be examined with the utmost care and strictness by which means the truth especially if there be more witnesses than one to the pretended fact will generally be found out and as to character though i allow it to have great weight if opposed to the single evidence of an accomplice it should surely have but little where there is good and strong proof of the fact and none at all unless it comes from the mouths of persons who have themselves some reputation and credit end of section nine